And good morning. Welcome in. It is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Frank Stample here with you. Today is February 25th, 2020. We got Chris Pavona producing the show. Two hours, a lot of fantasy baseball discussion. We've got an outfield preview on the show today. Of course, we got a little three up, three down as well as we get ready for another day of spring training and kind of moving toward the regular season. And believe it or not, one month from tomorrow, the Major League Baseball season will open up. I like the idea of every single team playing on opening day. That's a first, I think, in, uh, I don't know, 30 years, 40 years, something like that as well. Uh, but, of course, we're also focused on everything going on in the Grapefruit League today, which games start in about two hours from now, and then the Cactus League starts a little bit later today. And, uh, and Frank, I know that's uh, always a fun day to kind of bring in the spring training talk, the discussion, and then we're going to take a look at the outfield today as well. One month away, Craig, extremely excited for the fantasy baseball season to get kicked off. And I know you're excited with spring training to start up today because two of your favorites are on the mound, Dylan Bundy and Kevin Gausman. You must be pumped. Yeah, you know, I paid a little bit extra for MLB TV to have an ISO feed on both of those two pitchers today. So oh, I you can, can actually watch it? You're not blacked out? No, I'm good. I'm going to watch both of them today. Yeah, I mean, uh, Bundy uh, and, and Gossman, the only problem is, Frank, they're playing at the same time, you know, out on the West Coast. It makes it really problematic to have to, like, go back and forth between the two. Yeah, well... We'll figure it out, man, because those are two great sleeper candidates this upcoming season, yeah. Craig, and I know you're so excited about them. How about this? We have another injury we could talk about, too. Freddie Freeman scratched today with an elbow contusion. I don't know how serious it is, but we could talk about that uh, as well. But excited to be here. The outfield we're talking about today. Very deep position, much like uh, third base we talked about, shortstop we talked about as well. So I'm excited to jump in. I think outfield is one of the, uh, one of the better positions this upcoming season, Craig. Yeah, for sure. And, and also a position where, again, in most leagues, you have to field five of them, depending on the format that you're in. So we're going to do a deeper dive today into that position for sure. All right, we'll be back with more in just a couple of minutes. But first, let's turn it over to Dan, Dan Strafford. He's got this Sports Grid news update. Well, Craig and Frank, you just mentioned Freddie Freeman. He was scratched from Tuesday's Grapefruit League lineup due to right elbow inflammation. It is the same elbow he had surgery on back in October. The Braves were aware this could be a possibility, so they'll most likely let him rest a couple of days. Speaking of elbows, Lance McCullers is expected to see his first game action in a few days. He missed the entire 2019 season recovering from Tommy John surgery. He's set to throw a live bullpen session at some point today. Chris Archer was scratched on Monday from his Grapefruit League start due to neck tightness. He is considered day-to-day. Archer is looking to rebound from an ugly 5.19 ERA in 2019. Taiwan Walker will not make his Cactus League debut on Thursday against the White Sox, as previously reported. Instead, Walker pitched a simulated game on Monday. On tap in the National Basketball Association, Tonight, we have a great game in the Eastern Conference. The Milwaukee Bucks visit the Toronto Raptors. Currently, certain books have this game at a 231 over under with Milwaukee a minus one favorite. So keep an eye on movement on that line throughout the day. Continuing on in the NBA, the Hornets are at the Pacers, Thunder at the Bulls. The Nuggets host the Pistons. The Celtics are in Portland to take on the Trailblazers. Pelicans are in L.A. for a matchup with the Lakers. And the Kings and the Warriors are playing at Golden State. Continuing on in the NFL, the Washington Post, Les Carpenter reports mostly financial issues stand in the way of Trent Williams returning to the Washington Redskins. Ron Rivera has had positive face-to-face conversations with Williams in the past few weeks, but money will still be the deciding factor. The Athletics' Jeff Howe reporting there's a, quote, real chance the Ravens move 
third-year tight end Hayden Hurst this offseason. Hurst was the number 25 overall pick in the 2018 draft, but he is already going to turn 27 this year. And Adam Schefter said that the Tennessee Titans may be in the mix for one Tom Brady. We'll see how that shakes out throughout the week. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, thanks very much, Dan. And uh, we'll get back to some of the fantasy baseball discussion in a minute. Frank, I have a question for you. Since you are watching the NBA every night, you're following the NBA every night, you're playing fantasy basketball, I think. I don't know if you're in a season-long league in uh, in fantasy basketball. Are you I've in got any? Three. I've got three, got three. season-long okay. fantasy basketball leagues, so probably okay, so two too many. Yeah, you're braver than me. Three <laughs> too many uh, with me. So let me ask you this. Um, Bradley Beal had 50 points last night. And he had 50 points the night before. And I tend to think that, like, from my age, and, uh, like, 45 is the new 35. Like, what is 50 points in the NBA anymore? Is 50 the new 40? Is 60 the new 50? Like, or is Beal just that good? Because, look, I follow him from the University of Florida all the way through his career in the NBA. But of all the guys that I would have thought to have back-to-back 50s, wouldn't have been him. Yeah, 50, I guess it's fair to say 50 is the new 40. We've seen a lot of 50-point games this year. Remember just recently, Trey Young dropped a career-high mm-hmm. 50 points. Last night, Joel Embiid dropped 49 points. So, look, we know that there's not much defense in the NBA. And you see that in the point totals, too, from a betting perspective. Huge point totals every single night uh, when it comes to NBA betting. So, yeah, I think 50 is the new 40. It's fair to say that. But Bradley Beal having a career year, no John Wall. You kind of feel bad for Bradley Beal. He's just kind of like rotten out there in Washington. They're not really going anywhere. They're not competing. Uh, I guess like they're not far out from an eight seed in the in the Eastern Conference. But what's the point of that? You make the eight seed in the Eastern Conference just so you can get sure. swept by Giannis, the Greek freak, and the, and the Milwaukee Bucks. So uh, Bradley Beal's having a phenomenal season, but doesn't seem like it's going to mean much for the Washington Wizards, Craig. Yeah, that's that's the hard part. Is that it's like you would think that with the amount of teams that get into the NBA playoffs, sixteen teams that even a one-star team could potentially get you there on the brink. But no, it doesn't appear that Beal's going to be uh, playing in that. But I thought that was really amazing to see, and I was wondering your thoughts on that from fantasy. 100 points back-to-back nights. And uh, yeah, I mean, when a guy scored 50 in an NBA game, it used to be like a monster story. Now it feels like once a week or twice a week we're getting that quite a bit. Um, Okay, so from uh, spring training yesterday, Jorge Soler hit another home run, Frank. And so this is his second one. It looks like he's picking right back up off where he was last year. He probably won't be in the top 10 for us in in our fantasy rankings in terms of outfielder, but man, it, like this guy like really found it. And I know, look, spring training is a fool. We got to be really careful on the stats. It's not really about that, but I mean, certainly a good start for him for sure. And uh, a lot of the over-unders on him don't even think that he's going to come close to where he was last year. Some of them are in the, even the high 20s in terms of home runs. Where are you at with Solaire this year? Yeah, I'm excited about Jorge Soler this year. I kind of look at him as discount Giancarlo Stanton. I'll get into Stanton a little bit later on in the show when we're doing the outfield preview. Mentioned that yesterday and, you know, how Matt Modica tweeted out over the weekend that Soler and Stanton have the same number of 40 home run seasons in their career. Uh, Soler, 48 home runs last year, and what he did in the second half was just ridiculous. He become he became more of a complete hitter last year in the second half of the season, Craig. He upped his walk rate by 7%. He lowered his strike rate by 6%. His hard contact went from 43% 
to 51% in the second half last year. Started hitting more fly balls. Uh, home run to fly ball ratio was massive in the second half. We always knew that this guy had the power. It was just a matter of him kind of figuring it out. And that's exactly what he did last year with the Royals. I mean, he's a mammoth human being. I'm buying what we saw last year. A lot of the stat cast numbers, uh, the hard contact, the ever- average exit velocity all support what he did. It's just a matter of can he carry that over from 2019 into the 2020 season. And so far in spring training, it looks like that is going to be the case. To me right now, Jorge Soler is, you know, bargain basement version of Giancarlo Stanton, who you can get 20, 30, maybe 40 picks later in drafts right now, Craig. Yeah, and it reminds me of, with the exception of last year, the last few years of Oakland's Chris Davis. And, you know, quite frankly, I'm not even sure what happened last year to Chris Davis. He must have been battling injuries or some sort of issue because he got off to the same start that he normally gets off to and then just he went into this tailspin in the second half of the season but you could basically count on Chris Davis for 40 home runs I think it was uh, three straight years in a row even with the the same batting average there was that whole thing going on where he was hitting exactly 244 or whatever it was (laughs) 247 (laughs) and and hitting those home runs as well but look there's no doubt at this point Soler has kind of moved himself into that category where you have to wonder this season, even if he doesn't hit as many home runs with teams knowing the kind of power that he has, the on-base percentage could certainly go up because there aren't a lot of power threats, at least at the start of the season. They have Dozier and and Merrifield and some other guys can hit 15, 20 home runs, but no one of the strength of Soler. So it'll certainly be be interesting to see for sure. All right, so uh, let me set you up for the rest of the show here. Coming up next, we'll have a little bit of three up, three down. And so uh, that'll be next year on the show. We'll preview outfielders. I've got my top 10. Frank has his top 10 as well. Since it is Tuesday, you know that it's time for us to bust out the best stories in the state of Florida. So a lot of mug shots are coming. A lot of fun stories are coming. A lot of disturbing stories are coming as well. So make sure you tune into that. Uh, Later on, we'll have some sleepers and some busts. And then uh, by popular demand, the 2020 baseball season is a month away. So it is almost time for those of you who were thinking of putting down maybe some sort of wager on an individual player to go over some more of those propositions. And we put together about 10 at the home run position this year. So 10 guys who have uh, basically been projected by Vegas to go over under uh, between 23 and a half and 14 and a half. So we're going to run through that. We already, a couple of weeks ago, you can go back and watch On Demand. We hit on the ones that were in the 30s and high 20s. We're going to go a little bit lower on the show today. And that's coming up in uh, a little bit less than an hour from now. So if you can't stick around for the whole show, you can come back and catch that On Demand. All right, we've hit our first time out of Fantasy Sports Today. Frank and I will be right back in just a couple of minutes with three up, three down trending topics on today's show. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Now what goes up must come down. Three up, three down. What does three up and three down mean to you, Airman? End of an inning. 
Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. It's time for a little three up, three down here on the show. These are three trending topics that are headed up and three trending topics that are headed down. We do it every day right at this time. So those of you who are tuning in on the audio side, catch us live on demand on the audio and video side. This is three up, three down. I'll get started. Then we'll turn it over to Frank. I'm the lead off hitter today. Uh, Yoshitomo Tsutsugo. Does anybody know who that is yet? It is fantasy baseball draft season, so perhaps you do. If not... Let me enlighten you. Tampa Bay Rays signed him in the offseason to patrol somewhere in the outfield. And for the first time in a spring game yesterday, he ended up hitting a home run, which is a fun story, an interesting story, because I think that we'll all be paying attention to his fantasy value this draft season. Uh, But the more interesting part of this is that Louis Chow, who is his interpreter, showed up on video yesterday, and how do I know this? Because Louis Chow used to be the interpreter for Wei-Yin Chen when he was in Miami. So the question is, why didn't Louis Chow go to Seattle to be with Wei-Yin Chen? I don't know the answer, but it seems like he made a pretty smart choice, to be honest with you, going to the Rays and now being the interpreter for Tsutsugo, who is probably in line to have a 20 home run season, potentially with the Rays. So good choice by Louis Chow there. Uh, Bad choice by Chase Buford, uh, G League coach. I don't know if you guys had a chance to catch this. You can on any kind of video or go to awfulannouncing.com. They have it there, too. Uh, Coach of the Wisconsin Herd goes on this epic rant, just basically going in on the refs and the players, and they had this big lead, and they ended up uh, losing it. So those of you who are watching the show, I don't blame you if you want to open up a new window and just kind of click on that and check it out. But a really good rant. And we don't get these that often anymore. You know, those those really good coaching going crazy type rants, those Denny Green type rants, right, for sure. The Jim Mora one that everybody remembers from many years ago. Uh, it's it's uh, when we see these things, we want to point them out. And so I want to get to that one as well here on the show today. And uh, this is a really good story. I read this yesterday. There's a new planking world record, Frank. 62-year-old former Marine George Hood. Uh, On February 15th, he held his plank, which is what they call it, holding a plank, for 8 hours, 15 minutes, and 15 seconds, and the Guinness Book of World World Records confirms that's the all-time planking record. So, Frank, look, planking was all the rage, I think, like in uh, 2014, 2015, somewhere along those lines. People were just planking everywhere. But this is taking it to new levels. And so when anybody breaks a planking record, I want to mention it on this show. 15 at 15 minutes, eight hours, 15 seconds. That's incredible. What a great, great record. I think that this is one of the all time like records, uh, you know, for touchdown passes, Major League Baseball hits, planking record. It's got to go in my Mount Rushmore of things that have been accomplished. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I thought for a second there you might be underselling it, Craig, but you, you kind of uh, rounded it out well there. I mean, to be able to plank for that long, over eight hours, look, if you don't understand how incredible it is to plank for that long, like I used to do a planking challenge where I would try to do it for like 30 seconds a day, Craig. I don't know about you. Like, are you a planker? It's it's incredibly hard. Like, this guy is 62 years old and is built better than I am, and I am 28 years old. So that's all you need to know uh, when it comes to George Hood set, setting the planking record. Yoshi Tsutsugo, an interesting name as well, uh, coming over coming over from Japan, 28-plus home runs in four straight seasons. Somebody that I would be interested in, of course, uh, if the Tampa Bay Rays didn't have about 10 different players that they can use at DH first base and right field this upcoming season. Trending up for me here, Craig, 
Starting pitchers with increased velocity, it's something I want to pay attention to throughout spring training. Uh, you mentioned yesterday Charlie Morton is someone who had increased velocity a couple of years ago, and it ended up helping his fantasy baseball value. Jordan Montgomery apparently was topping out at 94 miles per hour yesterday. And just a reminder on Jordan Montgomery, likely going to be in the Yankees rotation. James Paxton is not expected back until May, maybe June. Luis Severino, his status is up in the air. Uh, reminder that Jordan Montgomery back in 2017, a 388 ERA with a 123 whip uh, with really good swing and miss ability, 12% swinging strike rate. Uh, so I'm interested in Jordan Montgomery right now, late in drafts. Nathan Avaldi, the other one, you know, apparently hit 100 miles per hour yesterday, was touching 90 miles per hour with his splitter. Let's not forget, last year, uh, Nathan Ivaldi was a huge letdown. Uh, it seemed like he was never healthy last year with the Boston Red Sox. The year before, however, in 2018, looked like he was finally putting it together, had a 3.81 ERA and a 1.13 whip and 111 innings pitched with the Red Sox back in 2018. So Nathan Avaldi, someone that I will be paying close attention to, I think I had him ranked inside my top 40 starting pitchers last year. That was obviously a huge mistake, but I might be willing to go back to the well uh, if he's starting to figure it out again heading into the 2020 season. We mentioned this earlier in the first segment, Bradley Beal. The first player to score back-to-back games over 50 points, Craig, since who? Kobe Bryant. And when did he do it? On 224, yesterday's date, February wow. 24th, which, again, yesterday they they had the uh, memorial service for Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi as well. Uh, and a reminder that he wore 24. His daughter wore number two. So on 224... Bradley Beal becomes the first player to score back-to-back 50-point games since Kobe Bryant. I thought that that was a really awesome story as well. And guys, I know we have the graphic downstairs. If we can throw this up now. Trending up here, Craig, you know I like to hit you with some of the food items. Chocolate strawberries get upgraded with these fried chocolate strawberries. For anybody out there watching or listening, you can see the image right now on the screen. This is basically a Zeppeli, Craig on steroids i love it on performance enhancing drugs you got the strawberry covered in chocolate you fry it you throw some powdered sugar on top there uh and if anyone wants to search it up you can easily find it on the internet they show you how to make it they have the recipe uh there's a video that comes with it as well Uh, this is something that is going to be happening in the stanfield household this weekend craig no doubt about it all right well i'd like to see the results of that and if you can actually produce uh food of of looking like that frank i'll be uh, supremely impressed yeah. i don't know probably not are you probably not <laughs> you don't strike me as the guy that's the big chef are you maybe i'm wrong about that if so i apologize i'm a big breakfast guy i like cooking omelets i like cooking you know griddle okay. type items waffles french toast uh when it comes to dinner you know, I might be able to whip together some Kraft mac and cheese, Craig. Maybe some pasta, Very some spaghetti. Uh, outside Very of that, impressive. not really a great chef. Are you? I don't know. Um, I don't got a feel no. for it. Uh, no, I mean, you know, uh, you know, before kids, you know, you you're able to do that sort of stuff, and then it's just kind of like whatever you can get together. My wife handles all that stuff, though. Very good. Oh, like shout that. out to Mrs. Mish. Shout out to Mrs. Mish. Yeah, today on the show for sure. In fact, she's cooking some um, cupcakes right now. As a matter of fact, Ooh, what do we have? A, a child's birthday? What do we got going on? Craig? Um, yeah, like bringing them to school or something like. That. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure of all the details, Frank. Here, I'm trying to, you know, do a show here with you here. But if you want, I can, you know, text and call to get those details. Maybe send some over for you. All right, uh, trending down, trending down. Let's get back to work. Trending down. Uh, what is this? Hand size, right? Can you see my hand here? Okay, good. 
Hand size uh, is the big rage at the NFL Combine. Again, here we go. Another year where people take this NFL Combine way too seriously. Here's what the NFL Combine means in fantasy. And I'm going to spell it out for you perfectly. Uh, for NFL teams, there's like a couple of things that are important. Seeing that a guy is healthy, getting to learn his character of the player, and I get that. For fantasy analysts, the NFL Combine is basically all the people who have never watched college football the whole entire season make their judgments on guys running in shorts up and down a field, okay? In order to accurately predict what a guy is going to do in fantasy, you got to know what he's done in reality. And the biggest mistake, I think, in fantasy football is not paying attention on Saturdays because you can't go back and redo that with film. And you can't go back and redo that with a combine. It's not possible. Now, look, preparation meets opportunity. Guy ends up in a good spot. I get it. That's part of the equation in our world in fantasy. You put a player in a good position on a team where there's an opening at running back, receiver, quarterback. It makes sense. Please do not overreact to the combine. It's a joke. Uh, yesterday, trending down, Sean Manaya, someone who I picked in the Tat Wars draft and hold, his first start, an inning of two-thirds ball where he gave up six earned runs. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, through 72 hours, that's the worst start so far in the early part of the spring training. So hopefully a one blip and done for him. And then finally, uh, Mission Impossible 6 was actually pretty good. Okay, I saw Mission Impossible 6, I want to say a year and a half, two years ago. I was mildly surprised with how entertaining it was. I didn't think it would be a good movie at all. They're shooting Mission Impossible 7 now, but they had to stop shooting it because of the coronavirus. And man, this thing is getting scarier and scarier all across the world, stopping all kinds of leagues now, sports leagues too. Hopefully uh, they find uh, the end to this pretty soon, Frank. That's what's trending down for me. Back to you. Yeah, I hope so, because I'm not sure about you, Craig, but you know, here in New York, we have a bunch of people wearing masks, so it's kind of a scary time here uh, in New York when it comes to the coronavirus. Sean Manaya, I hope that that was a blip on the radar. Let's turn that around. Trending down for me, Craig, we mentioned yesterday what to watch in spring training, and Max Freed was someone I wanted to watch. Well, uh, maybe not. He only recorded one out. Allowed three hits, three earned runs, two walks, and one strikeout. Everyone, seem, seemingly everyone, has pegged Max Freed as a breakout candidate at the starting pitcher position this upcoming season. Uh, he's someone that I'm excited about as well. I hope, like Sean Manaya, that it's only a blip on the radar. Uh, but if you're worried, please let him fall because I will have no problem scooping up Max Freed and drafting him for this upcoming season. I don't know if you saw this, Craig, but Dallas Braden yesterday wound up ripping Rob Manfred uh, in regards to the Yankee game and Garrett Cole not being televised. And he had this to say, for MLB to have a player signed for damn near half a billion dollars and not televise his first outing for his new team, who just so happens to be the most storied franchise in sports history, is just another swing and miss, swing and miss, uh, by <laughs> Uncle Manfred and the rest of the clowns in the car. Hashtag clean it up. That comes according to wow. Dallas Braden. Um, can't disagree. I wanted to watch. Uh, I wanted to watch some Garrett Cole yesterday and the New York Yankees. Uh, we got some highlights, but not the same as watching it live. Last but not least, no. I don't know if you had a chance to see this here, Craig, but I did. Supreme is making Oreos that cost eight dollars for just three cookies, and apparently people are reselling them on eBay right now for seventeen thousand dollars. What are we doing? What are we doing, Craig? Wow. Gotta respect the hustle. Selling Oreos for seventeen grand. Definitely respect the hustle there. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today. Will you respect our outfield rankings? I doubt it, and that's fine. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. 
We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. All right, welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank back here with you as today on the show, it's time to get into our outfield preview for Fantasy Baseball in 2020. Now, keep in mind, these are fluid. They change quite frequently based on injury, based on anything that could possibly come up. There's always news coming out of spring training now that the games have started. And if you want to go back and check us out on demand, our video shows on demand, we've already run through first base, second base, third base, shortstop, and catcher. Today, we will do the outfield position. Tomorrow, we will do the starting pitchers. And then on, let's see, the Thursday. That's the day after Wednesday. Yeah, I got that right. Okay. Uh, we'll do closers. And then we'll do managers. No, I'm, we're not going to do managers. I don't know. Frank, you want to do managers? Any no, that answers? sounds more like a Greg Sussman show. He takes pride in the managers in baseball. I think he can name all of them. I'm not sure that I can name every manager no in chance. baseball right now. Uh, yeah, no, he actually like really takes pride in like really? the obscure okay. things in baseball. Credit. Managers, front office type stuff, broadcasters for teams. That's Greg's specialty. Okay. He'll he'll leave the fantasy to me. Okay, who's the manager of the Blue Jays, Frank? Oh, uh, Montoya. Good. So listen, that's like the toughest one. <laughs> there has to be you know, one that I don't know out there. <laughs> uh, Giants. Giants is uh, Gabe Kapler. Oh gosh, how can I how can it. I forget that man? I had such I a rivalry with Kapler last year because of his usage of the closer situation in Philadelphia. Oh. Yeah, I, I'll was... always track where he is at all times, Craig. Guys were a lot of guys were hurt there. <laughs> Just how give Hector Tigers? Neris the job. Tigers. The Tigers. Ooh, Ron Gardenhire. You're hot right now. You are Let's hot. Let's go. <laughs> you are hot. You're TikToking your way through this. Um, Royals. Royals is uh, Mike Matheny. Oh, we can't get anything by you. <laughs> I'm better than I thought, I guess. Look at this, Craig. You know all of them. I'm better than I thought. You get lucky you're every really, now and then. You're really you're, you're good at it. Um, trying to think if any if uh, there's any other possible. No, I, th- I, I think we're done. Yeah. Maybe let's go outfielders. Okay, let's get let's take a look. Uh, you want to go first or second? I went first yesterday. You want to lead off? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's go. Let's lead off have here. And you know what? Have at it. Uh, yeah, I thought everyone would have a consensus top three rankings this upcoming season, but Craig Mish doesn't. We'll get into that in a little bit. I have Ronald Acuna as my number one outfielder, especially uh, from a roto perspective. I just think that the stolen bases are going to be higher than Mike Trout. Uh, Trout is ridiculous, has posted an OPS over 1,000 in three straight seasons. He started lifting the ball more last year as well, hit a career-high 45 home runs. But Ronald Acuna has talked about going 50-50, I don't know if he's going to get to 50-50, but 40-40 would not surprise me this upcoming season. Again, he's only, what, 21, 22 years old is Ronald Acuna. Mike Trout I have as my my number two. Uh, The reason I don't have him number one is because he has missed time the past couple of seasons. He averages uh, 32 missed games per season over the last three years. Craig, I think Mike Trout is still uh, ridiculous, and I think that you can make the case for each one of these top three outfielders to potentially be the number one pick. Uh, Christian Yelich is number three for me, and last year... Well, something we said about Christian Yelich constantly was that we know he has the hit tool. His bat-to-ball skills are amazing. Um, 
he just needed to start lifting the ball more, and that's exactly what he started to do last year. Was just absolutely uh, ridiculous. Followed up what he did in 2018 when he won the MVP. If you didn't think that you know he can replicate that, all he did was hit 33 home runs with 30 stolen bases in 130 games. The reason I have him third on this list is because he did fracture his knee last year. Uh, he says he's 100%, but I guess it's something that's still in the back of my mind personally. Cody Bellinger is number four for me. Uh, again, he's five-category contributor, breakout candidate last year, uh, won the National League MVP. The only reason I have him ahead of Mookie Betts is because you know he's not changing where he's been. He's sticking with the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, but Mookie Betts, the aforementioned, I do have him fifth on this list. Again, five-category contributor. Will the sto- stolen bases bounce back? I hope so. He only had 16 stolen bases last year. Uh, he was up over 20 in the three previous years before that as well. Juan Soto, number six for me, again, What he did last year at just 20 years old, he is now 21, turned 21 in October. 34 home runs, 110 runs, 110 ribbies, 12 stolen bases, 282. Juan Soto, absolutely ridiculous. J.D. Martinez at 7, Bryce Harper at 8, Starling Marte at 9. Again, he, to me, represents potentially the last five-category contributor uh, in Starling Marte being drafted in the... You know, second, third round range of 15-team uh, leagues. And then I have George Springer inside of my top 10 uh, over someone like Aaron Judge. I just think he's due for a monster year, contract year for George Springer. I'm buying what I saw out of him last year. He made adjustments. Uh, and frankly, he just had a monster season. He just has to stay on the field. I think that that's something he's going to be able to do. Craig, we can't necessarily quantify this, but it seems like whenever a player is playing for a contract, that is the year that they can magically stay healthy and they can put it all together. And I think that that's exactly what we're going to get out of George Springer here in 2020. It could be. It's Look, it's it's not an exact science with that. Some, some players uh, you know, kind of fall under the pressure of having that happen to them. And I think that it just depends on who you are. And I think that in particular, he is someone that probably will respond to that. So Uh, Yeah, our outfield rankings are a little bit different, and so I do have a little bit of a qualifier with one of them. So as we take a look at my top 10 outfielders, I'll kind of go through them and the reasons why I uh, chose to go through these specifically. Uh, My number one outfielder in 2020 is going to be Ronald Acuna Jr., so we'll stick with him, and my uh, second one is is Mike Trout. So uh, we see things differently on Juan Soto. I think that uh, Juan Soto, even though he was a World Series hero, and even though he is, what, 21 years old, whatever he is, I think that he is probably still the most underrated player in both reality and fantasy. Now, to be clear, on his 2020 season, I don't know that he's going to hit any more home runs than he did last year. In fact, it could be less. It's possible. Maybe 32, maybe 31, maybe even 30. But there are some of you who are out there, like me, who are playing in on-base percentage leagues, and that's probably why I want to add this qualifier to it. And simply put, Juan Soto is going to lead the major leagues in on-base percentage this year. No one is going to pitch to this guy. It's not possible. They lost Anthony Rendon. He was a monster in that lineup. And uh, back-to-back years of an OBP above 40%, 406 and 18, 401 and 19, I think that's going to be 415, 420 this year. It's going to be an astronomical number for Soto. Not to mention, why on earth are we not talking about Soto stolen bases? Frank, he stole 12 bases last year. What if that number goes up by three or four? Look, I I can't put him ahead of Trout. I can't put him ahead of Acuna. 
But there's a chance that Soto is a 40-20 guy. And, I, and, and Juan Soto is not fast. I don't know how he's stealing these bases, but he is. I'm, I'm putting him number three. And look, you could certainly make the case of putting him uh, Yelich ahead of him and Bellinger ahead of him. But because of the commodity of steals I, I and on base percentage, I'm putting Soto in my number three guy this year. I got Yelich four, Bellinger fifth, Mookie Betts sixth. We see that more or less the same. J.D. Martinez has to be in everybody's top ten. I don't know how you can. I mean, he's the most reliable, consistent hitter in the big leagues, even without Mookie Betts. So what? His RBIs go down by like eight or nine. Big deal. Uh, Bryce Harper uh, closing out the top 10 along with Aaron Judge, and we see it the same on Starling Marte. I think Marte gets a little bit of a bump because of uh, the park that he's going to play in. A lot of steals are probably coming his way as well. So, Frank, that's where I'm at on Juan Soto. Uh, look, the the home run numbers could co- could go down a little bit as just being a product of a little bit of a weaker lineup, but the fact that he's going to get on base at least 40% of the time and busted out with 12 steals last year, which, by the way, uh, pushing Trout on steals, pushing Yelich on steals, and pushing basically anybody even in this top 10 outside of who, uh, Acuna and Marte on steals. I don't know if this number is going to uh, continue to increase, but I'll take the risk that at the very least you see what the floor is on stolen bases. It's 12 or it's 10. What if he gets 20? He could be the number two player in all of fantasy after this year. So I got to have him at least in my top three in outfielders. I respect the aggressive ranking on Juan Soto this upcoming season. And again, what he's done is unprecedented. I mean, in his age 19 season, he had a 923 OPS. And if you were skeptical of that heading into his second season, his age 20 season, he had a 949 OPS. He's only getting better. He started lifting the ball more last year, started hitting more fly balls, which led to more home runs, more stolen bases. I mentioned 110 runs, 110 ribbies in that Nationals lineup. Yes, they don't have Anthony Rendon anymore, but still a pretty good lineup, not nearly as good as it has been. Uh, and, and the walk rates, 16% each of his first two seasons. There is a chance that he just continues to get better. He's only 21 years old. That's not out of the range of possibilities. So what what are we talking about? Maybe a, a 280 to 290 hitter, maybe even more batting average than that. Someone who can push 35 home runs, maybe 20 steals. The one thing that I will say about your ranking of Juan Soto over Christian Yelich in terms of stolen bases, Craig, is that Yelich stole 30 bases last year. He went 30 for 32 on the base pass. Unless you think they rein him back in a little bit because he's coming off a fractured knee injury, then I could see why you would be a little bit more aggressive with Juan Soto. But Yelich was great on the base pass last year, uh, posted a career high with the 30 stolen bases, and he did that in only 130 games. So if he played like 150-plus, he might have been at 35 stolen bases, maybe even more than that. So, you know, what's your worry about the stolen bases when it comes to Yelich? Is it the fact that he's coming off that knee injury from last year? Maybe they slow him down a little bit? I think that's part of it. And also part of it is that we really, I don't, I think we're just uh, scratching the surface on what Juan Soto can do. And again, I'm not going to predict that he's going to have as many home runs as Yelich, but I think that he'll score more, he'll walk more, and I think that there's a chance that the stolen bases are within 8 to 10. Um, you know, if if there's 10 stolen base pushback on Yelich, who, by the way, Yelich has missed time every year. Um, not a lot, but some time every year. Last year was a fluke injury, fouled the ball off his knee. So, uh, look, it, you know, it, it's boring to have our rankings look exactly the same. I got to be bullish on on some guys. And by the way, if this is a strict average league, like we're just strictly looking at batting average, I would not have Soto third. I would have Yelich third. I would have Bellinger fourth. And then I would have Juan Soto fifth, just to be clear on that. But I wanted to kind of throw a little caveat into the conversation. We'll be back with Florida Man here on the show. Wacky stories in the state of Florida. Don't go away. 
DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. And now it's time on Fantasy Sports Today to see what's going on in the Sunshine State with Florida Man. All right, welcome back. It's time for a little Florida Man. It's Tuesday here on the show. No matter what is happening in sports, in fantasy, or reality, we always want to bring uh, the stories that happen in the state of Florida to you. Now, Frank, I know that you're not a resident of Florida. Uh, resident, of course, of, is it New Jersey that you actually live in, or is it New York? No, I live in clear. New York. Okay, you yeah. do live in New York. I just have okay. to travel to Jersey more often than I would like. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're in the, the, the uh, sports grid hot air balloon takes you from one studio <laughs> to the other uh, throughout the day. So, uh, yeah, a lot of crazy things happen for us here in the state of Florida. And, and by the way, next week, uh, when we come back and we do the show again, there's a chance that we get a round two of the freezing iguanas falling out of the, the trees because we're expecting what we would what we would call a really uh, big cold front, uh, Frank, coming our way this weekend, which means that we could be dipping into the 40s this weekend. Well, it's that's really actually pretty here. cold, I, I would say, for Florida. Not like you complaining last week about it being 60 degrees. Ooh, I have to zip up my hoodie. I'm Craig Mish. I can't wear my shorts anymore. Really? 40 degrees is actually pretty cold. I think it's going to be 50 here today in New York, so... Uh, enjoying that. That's warm weather here in, in New York, Craig. 50 degrees. So uh, so I'll save you a frozen iguana falling out of a tree if that happens. All right, ship it my way. I, I love I, iguanas. I used to have I one as uh, I used to have a pet iguana when I was younger. You did? What happened? Uh, he perished. <laughs> he, he, you know, they only they only live, you know, for so long. He actually lasted, I think he lived like double digit years. And we got really? him from like a street fair around the block from my house. So uh, we got them from there. And you know what's crazy about iguanas is they grow based on the environment that they live in. So eventually we just stopped buying them a bigger uh, a bigger cage home to live in because we didn't want them to get any bigger. So like we kind of felt bad, like his tail's getting all toiled around inside of his cage. But I mean, at some point you got to say enough is enough, Craig. The bigger cage you buy, the bigger they actually get. So you kept a big iguana in a small cage, Frank? <laughs> it wasn't a small cage. It was like... Maybe half the size of this table. You can't really see how big this table is, but yeah. it was it was a pretty big, pretty big cage. I'm very disappointed to hear all this. <laughs> Don't report me get, to PETA. I was going to say we may get contacted by PETA or the you know people you know people the PFA the PFA you know that you ever heard of them? What's the PFA? People for iguanas. <laughs> Iguanas spelled with an I. Yeah, that's what I'm PFA. I blew it. I blew it. I blew it here on the show. All right. Uh, on that note, let's uh, get into Florida Man. You ready for story number one? Yeah, is, Flor is the first story Florida Man uh, opens up a new organization, PFA? Yeah, PFA. <laughs> People for Academies. Okay, a man was arrested after he attempted to rob a dog walker, shot him in the leg, and then stole the dog walker's dog. 
Daytona Beach said. Officers uh, responded 2.30 p.m. Sunday after receiving a call for help. Investigators say that the man was walking his dog. Uh, another man approached him with a handgun, told him to empty his pockets. The man then uh, fired several shots. One hit the guy in the leg. He was treated on the scene. He's in stable condition. He's going to be okay. They were able to find this guy down along with the victim's dog and along with the gun. So it's a happy ending to the story. But when you go out in the state of Florida, Frank, you never know when uh, you're going to get shot and someone's going to steal your dog. Yeah, especially with a dog, right? So this is just adding insult to injury here, Craig. You shoot someone in order to steal their dog. And look, it always comes back to the dog versus cat conversation. You know, again, you're shooting someone to steal their dog. I mean, it wasn't even a cat, Craig. So it's like, come on, what are we... What are we actually doing here? Was it worth it to shoot the guy for a dog? I mean, maybe if we're talking about a cat, it's a little bit different here. Craig, do you, I forget, do you own any animals? Do you have a dog yourself? Because no. if you do, you might have to walk around with, uh, with a, with a bulletproof vest, man. Some protection. Yeah, a little, little protection there. Yeah, got to do it. Okay, our second story here. This is in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. A man who felt like he was being ignored. He uh, set his hospital bed on fire while another patient, Frank, was in the room to try and get the nurse's attention. This is the way you got to do it. According to authorities, this man's name is John King. He admitted to setting a plastic bag on fire Saturday because he felt that the staff were ignoring his request to bring him his clothes, and he thought that would be a good way to get him attention. Now, his roommate in the hospital explained to officials that he, had, he saw him light a small object on fire, but he convinced him to put out the flame. However, when he returned to his bed behind the curtain, he saw the man relight the fire and the roommate used the, of course, the emergency button that he's got there to, uh, to get in touch with the nurses. Uh, the room was full of smoke. A uh, different nurse ran into the room. Uh, now, you have to ask yourself this question, Frank. Why does this guy have the lighter? Well, um, someone in the place gave him a Bic lighter to start it. And according to the hospital administrator, all the damage is about $4,000. So... You know, that kind of leads us to this this question here, uh, Frank. You know, maybe what we got to do here on Fantasy Sports Today when, you know, we need help or we can't get in touch with someone here to, you know, get something on or get something going, all we got to do is just light a fire in the background and maybe that will get the job done. There you go, Craig. I mean, affirmative act action here on the Fantasy BFS. Look, if you need, uh, if you, you, you got to get Bavona's attention downstairs, one of the producers... Start lighting the studio on fire, fire, make stuff happen. Craig, I got to ask you, and we spoke about this before as well. When it comes to the mug shots with the Florida man photos, should we start using those here on the show to really kind of depict who is behind these actions? Because some of these mug shots are, you know, they're they're pretty scary. They? And this this yeah, is one of them. I mean, this guy's got like some crazy facial hair going on. He's got a bunch of facial hair, but not actual hair on top of his head. Is this something that we should start doing to enhance the Florida man segment? Yeah, it's uh, it's listen, it's it's all up for discussion, Frank. I mean, we're we're a work in progress here. We can include it, we cannot include it. You know, sometimes I don't even like including the names in here to protect them from, you know, some sort of you know allegation. We don't know if some of this is true or not, but it's up to you. I'll leave it up to you. This also reminded me of the song uh, "Beds Are Burning" by Midnight Oil. Do you remember the song? I remember Frank? that. Yes, I do. That's a great yes, song. It's one of my karaoke ghost go tos. Yeah, I, I I do remember that. It's a fun song. Midnight Oil. I don't know. Okay, Cape Coral, Florida. Florida man, this is non-political, by the way. This is just to tell you, you know, about a story. Florida man caught peeping into a neighbor's uh, lanai told police that he was under orders from the President of the United States, Donald Trump, for the peeping. 
Now, residents in Cape Coral neighborhood called when they saw this man, uh, Scott, we'll use his first name, lur not angle, uh, lurking around the lanai. Now, uh, he told a homeowner who caught him in the act he was just enjoying the view, according to a police report. As he walked away, a police officer arrived, and he told investigators that he was checking their security system regulations under the orders of President Donald J. Trump. He also handed uh, the, the cops a, a piece of paper that said 3721 written on it, but uh, the police officers still don't know even what that piece of paper or what that number means. So uh, he's in Lee County Jail on $5,000 uh, bail. And so, Frank, uh, look, I mean, if you're going to uh, do some peeping, why not just throw the president of the United States right under the bus there and hand over a little sheet of paper that has a 3721 on it? And maybe when we have bad draft picks this fantasy season, when people ask us why, we could just like put random numbers on sheets of paper and just hand it to each other. Yeah, so I guess when looking at Craig's uh, Tout Wars draft and hold team, he could just hand out a paper that says 3721. Uh, and that's the reasoning for the picks that he made. There's a little backstory here as well. I don't know if you you uh, read further into this one, Craig, but uh, the Lee County Republican Committee Vice Chair Doris Cortese said that Weidman had been kicked out of the campaign offices in the past. He is not oh. one of our volunteers, and he is definitely not a representative of President Trump. Uh, again, don't really want to go into the, the political side of it, but uh, yeah, I think you make a good point there. You know, uh, We're all going to make some bad picks throughout the course of the fantasy baseball season, uh, and there you go. Just hand out a paper, um, and I guess you know when, when that's the reason why I'm uh, making all my terrible slow draft picks here early on, in the uh, in the off season here, Craig, uh, while while players are still getting banged up every single day, there you go. Just hand out the note thirty seven twenty one. Yeah, just uh, and not even thirty seven twenty one. We could just like come up with a random four digit number and just like hand it to each other. You know, why did you take Madison Bumgarner? Well, I mean fifty eight twenty six. I mean that's it. Just speaks seems for plausible itself. to me, Craig. Speaks for itself fifty eight twenty six. All right, our final story here. This is in Clearwater. The site of uh, labor this weekend, by the way, the uh, League of Alternative Baseball Reality, so we'll have to be careful. Uh, just when you think a Florida man has done it all, this is uh, WKRG, want to give them credit for the story. Uh, this time, this is we got a shirtless man, a motorcycle, and a small child. But hang on, we're not getting too crazy here. According to the Tampa Bay Times, police were alarmed when they saw a shirtless man driving with a two-year-old boy tucked between his legs. They took pictures, they called police. Police say that the man, according to officers, when they tried to pull him over, he was uh, just speeding with the toddler on board uh, with, and also had a gas tank in the car. Police uh, had his license, they told him to stop, and they told him, listen, this little boy's gonna get hurt if you don't. Uh, they called him later, he ended up turning himself in, and uh, obviously he was trying to elude police. He was also arrested on two felony charges, neglect of his uh, child, his own child, thankfully, and fleecing and uh, eluding a police officer. And there's also immigration issues as well. So shirtless, with your kid, on the road, speeding, and the kid between the legs. In Florida, Frank, you're going to get in trouble for that. I would say in most places you're going to get in trouble for that, Craig. And I love the uh, the headline for this article. It starts off with biker dad. We know that you know girl dad is a thing right now, but I guess that's what they were going for here with the headline, biker dad. Uh, Craig, I know that you have children. Please keep them safe. I don't know that you own a motorcycle. I hope not because I do not. Uh, we we can't have one of these situations happening. Uh, you know, happening with, with the Mish family. Keep those kids safe, Craig. We will. Cupcakes only. That's how we roll here in the Mish family. All right, we've come to the end of the first hour of fantasy sports today here on this Tuesday, but don't despair. We got another hour to go. 
Coming up next, we're going to go over some of the sleeper options and busts in the outfield. A little bit later in the show, we're going to go over the 2020 props for hitters in baseball and their home run props in 2020 as well. This is Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Greg Craig Minish along with Frank Stamfel. Also going to have an update from Dan Strafford coming up at the top of the hour. Everything going on news and notes wise. And uh, actually uh, an update that we'll have at the top of the hour on the 2021 World Baseball Classic. Found out that location where the championship is going to be. We'll have that next. Don't go. DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. 